This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. My name's Lynette and I'm joined by my husband, Dennis. We pray that you will be blessed today um, as we share some things from God's Word and um, some things that we are learning and finding are very, very helpful. Here at Amazing Grace, we would really like to hear from you too, not just us Um, talking to you but we'd love to hear back from you we also have some free giveaways the book steps to christ which is a really really very helpful encouraging book and also in the local takeaways here in palmerston north you will find a small magazine called the signs and it's a free magazine filled with punchy articles about health and family and issues that we face in life today. As I said um, before, we'd love to hear from you, so please um, contact us um, to give us feedback or if you would like us to pray for you or a friend or a family member on, ear or off, contact us by email and that is at info at mpr.nz info at mpr.nz or text on 022-6815-216 And now we'll start with a prayer Dear Heavenly Father we ask your blessing on this program We pray that you'll speak to us all in your name Amen Now just some thoughts from First Peter 5.7 and you may know that verse, it's a very powerful verse which says Casting all your cares upon him, upon Jesus, upon God, for he cares for you Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour And there's um, three sections that we can think of when we look at um, the thoughts around First Peter five seven. The first one is to recognise or realise what we are naturally like. We we don't tend to naturally go and cast our cares on God. We try all sorts of other methods, self help methods, but we need to recognise first that. Uh, we do it wrong so we can go to God and be honest and repent and to say search me O God and know my heart 
Try my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. I'm sorry, Lord, for trying to do it my way. And as a um, a well-known family speaker used to say, Lord, I'm in the Winnie the Pooh again and not much Winnie. And, um, yeah, it's so easy to do it the wrong way. I did it my way is not just a song. But um, so to recognize what we're like naturally, humanly, we try and do it our own way. And then to um, admit to God our foolishness and then to replace it with the truth of God's word and to lean on him and to have a close relationship, spend quality time with him, reading the Bible, to have communion with him. And a story that uh, Corey Ten Boone, who was a survivor of a Nazi death camp during World War II, um, wrote this experience, this story of of a um, apartment in in Russia at the time that um, apartment building. So it had different um, rooms, and lots of families were living there, and they stored all their junk in the basement. One night, a very stormy, a snowstormy night, they had a knock on the door by a homeless man who asked if he could stay for the night for shelter. And they cleared some space in the basement and he was happy to sleep there. However, it wasn't very long before the families up above heard this beautiful Music coming from the basement, from a harp being played beautifully. And the owner of the harp rushed down and said to the man, I've been trying to fix that and I just couldn't. And the homeless man said, well, I made that harp a few years ago and when you make something, you know how to fix it. Friend, God has made us. And he knows how to fix us. So let's go to him. Now we're going to have a song which ties in quite nicely with these thoughts. Who can build a bridge when the world is throwing stones? Who can find us on this broken road and still lead us home? The world's never looked more wounded But my hope's never been more real Cause there's no hurt My Jesus can't heal No hurt My Jesus can't heal No empty Oh, His love can't fill This world ain't gonna save us But I know the one who will No hurt, no hurt my Jesus can't heal No hurt, no hurt, no hurt, no hurt I know it looks hopeless How divided we are Only nail-scarred hands Could ever reach so far Where hatred runs deep His love runs deeper still There's no hurt My Jesus can't heal 
Jesus can't heal. A very good line to remember. There's no hurt that Jesus can't heal. So now we're going to be sharing from the book by Dr. Darren Morton, Live More Happy, in our health tip for the week. And we are looking at um, de-stressing by speaking positively. Now, um, Darren Morton quotes from... um, a classic book on stress, which is called, which is a bit funny, Why Zebras Don't Get Stomach Ulcers, and it's written by a stress researcher, Robert Sapolsky. And he says um, that um, we can learn a lot by watching the zebras. So let's have a look at what zebras are like. To the best of our knowledge, zebras don't wake up in the morning and immediately say to themselves, I bet the lions are hungry today. It's been a couple of days since old black ears got taken. I have a bad feeling about it. I can see it now. Those lions are going to come bounding down the hill when we are at the watering hole and I'll be last to see them coming. Plus... I stand out in the crowd for all the wrong reasons. By crowd, he means standing out against the other zebras. I'm sure I am not as stripy as they are. Ah, this is bad, really bad. I'm a dead zebra walking. Zebras don't greet the day with that kind of negative talk, but do you? How often do you... Or I find ourselves saying both to ourselves and others, 
I've got to do this and I've got to do that and this went wrong and that will probably go wrong and there's not enough time in the day and question mark. Studies show that how we speak definitely influences our stress levels. So be intentional about speaking positively. Practice the following. I can get through this. It will be okay. Just one step at a time. In this regard, we have an advantage over zebras. While they do not speak negatively, they also don't have the ability to speak positively. But you do. So why not do it? Move dynamically. If you watch what happens after a zebra has just outrun a lion, lions give up pretty easily. You will notice something remarkable. The zebra will watch for a moment to make sure the lion has definitely called off the chase and is not just bluffing. Then as the lion strolls back to its base with its tail between its legs, the zebra will put its head down and go back to its lunch. Can you believe it? It has just run for its life, literally, and shortly after, doesn't appear stressed at all. How is this possible? Recall that the stress response is designed to enable us for fight or flight. All smart and living zebras choose the flight option when it comes to the lions. Essentially, the stress response gears us to do something physically active, as both fighting and fleeing are demanding physical pursuits. And here is the interesting thing. By doing something active, the stress response dials down. In effect, exercise burns off the stress. Exercise uses up what the stress response equips us to do. For the zebra, it is the act of running like their life depends on it that allows them to calm down and return to the important business of eating grass. Isn't that interesting? By contrast, modern humans tend to become more sedentary when they're stressed. A recent study indicated that the most popular way people endeavour to manage their stress is to sit and watch television or a movie. In effect, they are doing the exact opposite of what the stress response is equipping them to do. Is it any wonder that stress levels remain so high? Instead of sitting in our stress, we need to move dynamically. Let's remember that just one bout of exercise is enough to bring down our blood pressure. Doing something physically active is one of the best ways to open the valves when the pressure mounts. Very interesting thoughts. Okay. So let's hold that in our brain because we all deal with stress every day. So it is far better to go and do something actively active than to sit down and try and deal with stress and pressure by watching TV. Okay, now we're going to have another song. And 
It's from a Irish group and a very nice song.
is good to count our blessings. How great are you, God? Now, hi, Dennis. Hello, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's time for Dennis to share in depth Bible study with um, from. The book of Revelation. What what chapter are we up to? So we're up to chapter twelve, which is um, the verse is going to talk about is really the centre of the book of Revelation. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> if you work from both ends, it always ends up in the middle. It's the chiasma. Um, yeah, it's chiasma. Or what do they call it? Where's the first? The first and the last is similarity, and as you go through, but you end up in the centre, which is the heart of the book of Revelation. Yeah, so um, we we got to um, the last time we got to verse ten um, to twelve. So I'm just I'm going to read that, and um, Lynette, if I can get you to look at um, Matthew twenty four, verses. Um, 9 to 13. So this is what it says. Um, it, it talks here about, um, in verses 7 to 9, it talks about um, there was war in heaven and that Michael and the angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. But they were not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down the ancient servant called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray it says in 1st John 5 19 that the whole world is under the control of the evil one so this world um, is not the place that God created God didn't create a world of suffering and pain and broken marriages and you know, a hospital full of um, people suffering for different reasons. He didn't. He didn't. Um, he didn't create that. I I was looking at um, John eleven um, this morning. Every morning I, I read the Bible because we need spiritual food. You know, we need physical food, but we also need spiritual food. And <clears throat> I was just reading a. Um, a statement uh, from a Timothy Keller. Timothy Keller, um, he's retired now. Um, he's actually been fighting cancer. But I got a book by him called The Encounter, and um, this is what he says. Um, I just get the right page. He says it's actually page fifty-three. It's the book, uh, The Encounters, um, with Jesus. Now. This is talking about when Jesus uh, raised Lazarus. This is John 11, where um, he's commenting on um, the verse, verse 38, and he says, um, Jesus uh, was deeply moved. Now, the Greek word means, um, it means anger. Um, It means great, um, you know, he's... There's pain there. So what is Jesus angry at? He's he's mad at evil and suffering and death and the results of sin. Jesus didn't make a world um, filled with sickness and suffering and death. Well, the basic question that really comes from that, well, if he's all-powerful, why doesn't he stop? Uh, why doesn't he stop it? 
And he answers it. See, Jesus didn't come with a sword in his hand. He came with nails in his hands. He did not come to bring judgment. He came to bear judgment. So the thought that comes across that the only way that God, Jesus, who is God, says that um, he is God in every way, the only way that he could end our suffering is that he um, would take our suffering for us. He took the penalty for sin. And because he did that, um, you know, he took the judgment, our judgment. And because he did that, we don't need to if we if we choose Jesus. So I thought that was a really good thought that I read from Timothy Keller. Now, I think we're going to run out of time. We, um, we've got to have a break. But, um, yeah, we, we talked about that, um, how the devil has led the whole world astray. It's given us a bad, the devil has given mankind a bad picture of God. God often gets the blame for lots of things. So, um <clears throat> It's not fair, is it? But when we read the Bible and um, we have a good understanding of the heart of God, um, this is not God's making. So we're going to have a break now and um, we'll come back after the break. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. So welcome back. Um, it's it's just wonderful to be able to share um, thoughts in the Bible. I love the Bible. The message of the Bible is so, so good, so encouraging. The Bible calls it the indescribable gift. God is the indescribable gift. Now, I'm going to read here from verse 10. So the devil has been cast to this earth, and I talked about that last time. The reason why he was cast to the earth is because Adam and Eve chose and listened to the devil. And so the devil usurped the power of Adam, and um, he took over control of this world as far as God will let him. Then it says, verse 10, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now has come salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. So he's been hurled to the earth. And then it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And then it says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. So it says there in verse 10, let's just go through and talk a wee bit about it. And it says, um, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now has come salvation and the power and the, the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ. Now, so it says, there, Then now I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now has come salvation. 
See, when when did that happen? See, it's it's relating back to what God has done in Jesus Christ. So when Jesus died upon a cross for our sins, salvation has come. And the devil, by killing God, he actually um, killed himself. Um, I remember, I think it was C.S. Lewis, um, he, he talks there, um, I think it's in, in C.S. Lewis' book, and um, um, it's like an, um, what do you call it, like a parable, and the devil was asked, well, how did it go for you? And um, the devil <coughs> said, it didn't go too well because I lost everything. Because Christ overcame, therefore I, I've lost everything. So it says, um, now has come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled out. Now remember that um, in the book of Job, Satan went to heaven, and there was a council there. And um, the thought is that there were different representatives from different world, and Satan came from this world, and he was a rep, uh, representing this world. And he he attacked God about Job. He said, "You take everything away, and he'll curse you to your face." Right, but when Jesus died on the cross, he has been confined to this world. He can't, he can't go back to heaven, and he can't uh, molest um, the other worlds because the worlds and heaven has seen what the devil has done. So he's confined to this earth, and. Then in verse 11, it says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Right? So, now this is back on the earth. Right? It's talking about heaven and the universe that God had created in verse 10. And the devil, he's been cast to this world. See, the devil has been permitted to challenge the character of God. And God has demonstrated what his character is like and his love for mankind. Now, the devil, uh, um, he's been shown to be what he is, a murderer of God and how he hates God. And he's confined to this earth. And now um, <clears throat> he's attacking God's people. So when you go back to, um, where is it now? Um, verse 6, well, verse 5, it says, talking about um, the woman who gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all nations with an uh, iron scepter. Um, and uh, her child was snatched up to heaven and to his throne. That's talking about Jesus. And then it says, The woman fled into the desert to the place prepared for her by God, where she was taken care of for 1260 days. So, see, the devil can't get at God anymore. He killed Jesus on the cross, but Jesus was resurrected and, and he went to heaven. So the devil can't get at God anymore. So the only way that he can get at God is through his children. So, you know, if you're a parent, anyone um, says mean things about your child or hurts your child, you get angry, and so you should. Um, and so 
<coughs> the devil is attacking his children. And um, but it says there they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Right? Testimony means witness. It means witness. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I read in Martin Lloyd Jones, and he was a Presbyterian, uh, in a in a sermon that he did on Romans um, Romans five. He says the testimony was concerning the blood of the Lamb. So that's how we overcame. We overcome um, by the blood of the Lamb, or over because of what Jesus did at the cross and about His power um, in our lives. He gives us power. Um, not to be controlled by the evil one. It says in Romans 6.14, um, sin shall not be your master, or sin shall not have dominion, as the King James says. Um, for you're not under the law, but you're under grace. It's a wonderful verse. It says that sin right, shall not dominate us. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but no particular sin. We don't need to be slaves to uh, alcohol uh, or to sexual immorality or to drugs or um, any anything else that's sin. We don't need to be dominated because God gives us the power. See, we're not under the law, but we're under grace. So grace gives us power to keep the law. So many people in this world today are slaves to alcohol or to drugs or um, a thousand things, you know, to TV, to pleasure, to sport, whatever it is. But God can give us power, power. He can give us the power to keep the law, not in order to be saved, but that we can have peace in this world. So I think we should have a break, Lynette. And we'll come back after. We're going to play a song. What song are we going to play? It's a new song, and I've actually just forgotten the name of the song, but the group are Casting Crowns, and it's, um, I believe it's their latest CD. So here it comes. I can see the path you've chosen We both know where this is going I'm afraid of how your story's gonna end And as scared to speak as I am I know this could be my last chance To stand between you and forever's edge Yeah, it would be easy To talk about the weather It would be easy to look the other way But I love you too much to not say something Without the truth my love means nothing Sometimes love is anything but If I was trapped in a burning building, you would be the first one running, bursting through the flames to rescue me. I can see your walls are crumbling, so now I'm the one who's running, 
Revelation 12, and uh, <clears throat> we're looking at um, verses 10 to 12, and um, verse 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony, and they did not shrink, they did not love their lives so much to as to shrink from death. Right, so these people um, are willing to die. And I'm going to tell you some stories soon, but um, in Revelation 2, verse, um, uh, what verse is it? Verse 10, it says, Be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you a crown of life. We have no idea what that crown of life is. Um, it says in Revelation 3 that him that overcometh, um, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So it sounds amazing, doesn't it? It really does sound amazing. So, see, the most important thing is that we have peace with God. Um, See, it was my Saviour's obedience and his blood that brought us peace with God. Um, and it says to all who receive him, he gives the right to become the sons and daughters of God. So we can, we can accept the gift. If I offered you a book, Steps to Christ, or a book on Jesus, 
you have a choice whether to accept it or not. And you have a choice. If you haven't accepted, I would encourage you. Um, John 6.37 says, Him that cometh to me, I shall in no wise be cast out. Isn't that a wonderful promise? If that was the only promise in the Bible, that would be enough. See, it says... It says, him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Um, doesn't it say a bruised reed or a smoking flax? He won't quench. Isn't that wonderful? God is m- much more better than we could ever imagine. So these people did not shrink from death. And I just want to, um, I just want to sh- share a few stories, but in this world of ours, it's about 60 countries uh, that Christians are persecuted. And the Bible, the book of Revelation, tells us that um, as we head to the final crisis of this earth's history, which we will talk about soon, Revelation 13 um, and 14, that there is going to be a lot of people that are going to be martyred. Now, I have mentioned, um, I'm just going to read a few verses, and I've mentioned some of these, but um, it's good to um, go over. Repetition is the mother of learning. Now, I have I've said many times that um, six, whatever six is in the Bible or in the book of Revelation is the final crisis, and the fifth is the preparation for the final crisis. So in Revelation 6, it says, verse 9, And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they they maintain. So these are people who died for their faith. Um, it's um, these ones in Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And symbolically, they say, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge, avenge our blood? And in verse 11, it says, Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer unto the number of our fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been is completed. So there's more people to be killed yet. Now, when you go to Revelation 11, um, it talks about the two witnesses. This is a picture of um, the loud cry that will go all around this world. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness, and then the end shall come. But it says here that these men prophesy, and um, when... When they had um, finished their testimony, the beast comes up from the abyss and he attacks them, he overpowers them, he kills them. So these witnesses are martyred. Now when you go to Revelation 13, um, you have the setting up of the mark of the beast. And um, it says there in Revelation 13, it says, He orders them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And He was given power to give breath to the image of the beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image of the beast. And he forced everyone, both rich and poor, um, free and slave, to receive a mark in the right hand or in the forehead. And it goes on and talks about you won't be able to buy or sell. So if you don't receive this mark... um, 
and refuse to worship the image um, and the beast, you'll be killed. Right, so there's going to be lots of martyrs there. Now, when you go over to Revelation 17, it talks about this woman. Revelation 17, verse 6. And I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints. Right, so the Bible says there is going to be lots of martyrs. Now, when you read in um, Matthew 24, Matthew 24, I was going to get Lynette to read, but I, I think I'll, I'll just say um, it talks about what's happening in the world, natural disasters in verses um, 6 to um, 8. It talks about natural disasters. And then it talks, it says, then they will hand you over to death and you'll be hated by all nations from a namesake and um, many will put to be put to death. And it talks about he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. So there's going to be lots of martyrs. Now, none of us like the idea of being um, uh, martyred for our faith, but I am really encouraged. I know that God, if we trust God, he will give us the strength. Now, we went on a tour um, it was about 40 people, and um, Lynette and myself and um, about 38 others went on a tour of around Europe. And we came in England to Oxford, Oxford. And this is going back in the uh, 1555, around that time. Um, when you go down this, you go down, the, I think it's the main street of Oxford, and then there's a side street, and you go along the side street, and they've got a plaque on it, and it's got the names Latimer and Ridley. But just before that, you go back, um, there's this big um, monument, and it's got three people on it, these statues, and it's got a statue of Latimer and uh, Ridley and Cramner. Cramner, right? And uh, all these were martyred by Henry VIII's daughter. Now, it's interesting that um, just from where they were martyred, you go around the corner, there's a church, and there's a tower in the church, and these people um, were kept prisoner there, and then Mary, Henry VIII's daughter, took Ridley and Latimer, and she she had them burnt on the street. There's a plaque where they were burnt in 15, I think it was 1550, around that time. And this is what they said. I think it was Latimer said to Ridley um, that um, they would light a, a light which would, sh- um, would shine and their voices, he said, that, that you know, um, they can silence their voices, but uh, we shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. And that is true even to today. So up in that tower, Mary didn't, um, she didn't burn Cramner. Now Cramner, he was the first Archbishop of Canterbury and he looked down and what Mary was trying to do is to get him to deny his faith. And in a moment of weakness, he recanted and he signed the forms. Now, the the story goes that his conscience got to him so much that, because um, he was a great man, 
um, he repented from recanting. And so Mary was determined to burn him. And so she burnt him on the same spot. But before he was burnt, um, he put his hand in the fire. I don't know how this happened, but this is how the story goes. He put his hand in the fire. He held it and burnt his hand off. How does a man do that? See, only by the grace of God, only by the power of God, and he died a hero. So each of those died heroes, right? And then um, there was another man in that tower. Um, these were all leaders in the in the Church of England. Now John Bradford. Now he was um, he was martyred. And speaking about Queen Mary, at whose cruel mercy he lay, said, "If Mary uh, is pleased to release me, I will thank her." If she will imprison me, I will thank her. If she will burn me, I will thank her. And he said, let God do with me what he will. I will be thankful. Now, in the afternoon, before John was to be burned, the next day, the jailer, um, or the keeper's wife, came to announce the dreadful news to him. But in John, excited only thankfulness to God. At night, six friends came and spent all that evening in prayer and godly exercises. Now, you can read that story in Fox Book of Martyrs 229. So these guys died heroes. They died courageously. Even Cramner, who denied his faith. So, Lynette, we must be running out of time. We've got a wee bit more time, right. Oh, that's good. Now, John Calvin, who was one of the, um, he was one of the great leaders in the Protestant Reformation, and uh, his conversion is really interesting. And he um, he must have been a, a genius, because at 12 years of age, he was appointed to be a chaplain of a small church. At age 14, he went to study at a university in Paris, he he studied to be a priest. Um, he studied the law. Um, he was a, a real scholar. Now, he published his first book at 23 years of age. He was educated in the priesthood, and he was a honoured defender of the Catholic Church. But a cousin of Calvin had joined the Reformers and was in Paris and shared his thoughts about the gospel. Calvin said, I'll have none of your new doctrines. Um, think that I had lived in error all my days, but alone in his room, he pondered um, what his cousin had said. Well, we've run out of time, and I'll have to come back um, next time, and I'll continue with that story. Um, so be sure to listen, because it's a really interesting story. God bless you. Thank you, Dennis. Yes, there is so much um, power in in the Bible and how it's changed people's lives and what what they were willing to do to honour and, um, yeah, to declare and say, yes, God is, is there, God is real. I believe it with my very life. So... Before we sign off today, just a reminder about the articles, um, the signs magazines that you can find here in the local takeaways here in Palmerston North. 
um, really worth checking them out or you can um, contact us for a free book called The Book Steps to Christ and we're happy to um, get your feedback, any questions um, that we might be able to dig deep and find some answers for or to pray for you or a friend or family member on or off air. Remember the contact email again is info at mpr.nz, info, I-N-F-O, at mpr.nz, or text on 0226815216. So, yes, let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace towards every single human being that has lived and will live and is living now on this earth. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the ultimate price and went through the ultimate trouble and that we don't need to fear that we can cast our cares upon you and that you have amazing help for us now each step of the way and you have an amazing hope for the future. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So from Dennis and myself here at Amazing Grace, we we ask that God will grow you with in grace and that his love and the grace of, of Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with you. So God bless and goodbye until next time. enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.